You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. It would have been disappointing regardless, because like I said, I don't think we played representative to what we feel like we can be. Uh, it's always disappointing when you lose in this league, no no question about it. But we've been competitive in most every game we've been in this year, and, and that one, you know, got away from us. And, you know, I feel like we're, again, you are what you, what you do. And so we didn't play competitive enough, we didn't coach well enough, and, you know, the game got away from us. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, it's Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Q. It was game over for the Silver and Black on Sunday, dropping to the Bears 30-12, to a team that was not very good, a team that came in with one win, a team that came in with a backup quarterback that was a D2 guy, no disrespect to anyone D2 ball, but an undrafted free agent, D2 quarterback. He looked very comfortable out there. He's out there waving to the crowd to get more excited. He had no nerves at all. Had a backup running back that went for a buck seventy-three. Multiple touchdowns. Had a coaching staff that has been questioned all years long. Defensive coordinator has gone by the wayside. Head coach was supposed to be fired weeks ago. There were so many things not to – oh, offensive line that was in shambles, by the way. And the Raiders found a way to lose that game, 30-12. to 12. We are here kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. And I don't know what my problem is, but I've been living in a Game 7 world all day today. All day. It is 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I've been living in a world where both, both series are in Game 7, and they are not. So I woke up and chose violence. <laughs> so clearly, I woke up and I chose violence. It is not Game 7. I'm trying to send the Phillies home, apparently, and they're like, wait, hold on, Jack. We got a whole nother game. So let me correct myself. I feel like I've been doing a lot of that lately, but uh, yeah, let me correct myself. Arizona's up 3-1, to one, bottom of the second in Game 6 of the series and the Phillies lead the series three to two. I don't know what planet I'm on right now, but clearly it was a game seven planet where everything is a game seven in my world. So yeah, definitely I uh, want to make sure I updated and corrected that and uh, appreciate everyone who reached out and was like, you were talking about it's game six. All right. All right. Maybe I just wanted some extra drama. I ain't got enough drama in my life. I needed a little bit more drama. Three, <laughs> one right now, Arizona, the second just ended the Phillies and the Diamondbacks game six of the NLCS. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, and then we'll hear from head coach Joshua Daniels, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Sacramento, California, the 916. Talk to Raider Greg. What's on your mind, Greg? Hey, what's going on, Q? Thank you for taking my call, brother. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I know all of us Raider Nation are feeling the same way. You know, it's just a, a gut wrench and a gut, a heart-ripping-out loss. Um, but the, you know what's the crazy part, Q, and I was thinking about it, you almost got to laugh at it. It almost happens every single year. Right. You know, and it's like, Raider Nation, you know, whoever comes in, the coaching staff, the GM, of course, we're going to beat them up. You're going to hear a lot of firing and all that. But I, after that loss yesterday, I, I, I sat back and I thought about it, and I said, man, let me go back. So I went back. I was born in 1986, and I said, let me see how many times that we've had over 500, 500 record. And you know we've only had nine seasons. In my 37 years of life, <laughs> where we've been over 500, I Dang. couldn't believe it. Right. I just couldn't believe it. And, and, it, and it just let me to tell guys, like, look, I, you can blame so many things, coaching, players, uh, not bought in. 
it's everything all the time. That's what makes it work. It's everything all the time. Raider Nation is so loyal, Q, and I'm always a glass half full guy, but I had to just really start looking at the at the statistics and see, you know, everybody's saying, hey, they didn't they haven't uh bought out, you know, they're still buying in the Josh McDaniels. I don't see it. The way that these guys are talking, you know, you never seen that in, in New England. You never seen guys talking out on the organization or telling telling Tom or these guys they need to get me the ball. And I'm not saying they're doing it wrongfully, but I just think that these first grade plays that are getting dialed up, I mean, we're missing tackles, which is day one football. Right. I mean, it's just over and over and over, man. And it's really, I just, my heart goes out to Raider Nation and my heart goes out just on top of that to all of you guys that have to report on this every day. Yeah, it's a blessing to be able to do it. We, we provide for our families. We love our team, but you, you, you get to, you, you can't get away from it. I can stop listening to the radio for a day or two. You guys are living it, so it's just it's a, it's just heartbreaking, Q. And um, I don't see an answer for it. And I looked at even when Amber Theo Harris, who I love always on the show, when I'm looking at the at the schedule, I didn't see any wins on there. Right. I really don't see any wins. Not that we haven't even scored twenty points. Oh, I know. And it's like okay, I mean, we could blame the coaching staff, the quarterbacks that play like trash. Josh looks like I, I like what Amber said. He looks like he's running like he was disrespected in the offseason. To me, it looks like he's saving himself thinking, hey, I might not be here next year. Let me stay fresh. I don't know. I can't say what the man does, but it just doesn't look like everybody's on the same page. And one thing I thought about too, Q, and I want to ask if you've seen this same thing, have you noticed that every time they get interviewed, it's a lot of I answers? Oh, I'm going to keep doing this, and I'm going to keep doing my work on it. I don't hear no unity. I don't hear no unity. It seems like everybody's out for themselves. And of course, Max can only do so much. Devontae can only, but it doesn't. Is there? Where are the team meetings? Are people getting chewed out? What's going on? Because it just seems nonchalant. Even after that loss, it seemed nonchalant. So I don't know, Q, but I just want to know if you notice that. It seems like when I'm hearing these guys talk, it's a lot of, well, if I keep doing my thing, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my thing. I don't hear no us as a team or people pissed off. It doesn't seem like nobody's pissed off just going through the motions. So thank you for taking my cue, uh, my call cue. Like I said, 37 years, nine winning seasons, man. It's, <laughs> it's pretty fast. It is. It is. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, there's going to be, I think, a lot, especially in the locker room, uh, after a loss, there's going to be a lot of soul searching within. And I think that that's good and healthy to look at, at yourself and see what you could do better. But then you're, you're right. You have to look at it as a unit as well. What can we do better? Again, my biggest surprise of this whole season so far has been the, the lack of offense anything. Like, the offense has just been bad. I don't think there's any other way to put it. It's just bad. And, I mean, I asked Coach McDaniels about it earlier. You know, like, all the talent that you have, you know, how surprised are you by the, you know, lack of getting things going? It seems like it's never really got started. So, you'll hear from him in just a little bit. But it's just – it's one of those things. I mean, you, 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 I don't know – I don't know – I don't even know how to, how to point my finger at what I think could be the issue because it just feels like there's a lot of issue going on, if that makes any sense. Robin Oakland hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r In terms of setbacks in a cold way, we lost to a bad NFC team and are 3-4 and four with 10 games left. It could be worse. But it's a terrible setback in terms of morale. Many long-term Raider fans are disappointed but aren't really surprised because we've seen these uninspired performances in the past. My expectations for this season were not greedy. I didn't expect 10 wins, but I expected a higher standard of play and uh, ele- elevation in the floor performance. I'm not seeing a shred of evidence that things are changing. That's Rob in Oakland, and 
that was the thing about it, man, is you want to see maximum effort at all times. And I get it. Sometimes you just have a dud. Like, that happens. Sometimes I have a dud show. Sometimes I'll wrap up three hours and be like, well, that sucked. <laughs> right? And nobody else will say that. Uh, maybe you will. But, I mean, most, most people won't be like, oh, yeah, Q, that was a terrible show. Most people will be like, oh, no, it's fine. But to me, it, it's like, okay, that wasn't very good. But I get it. It happens. But, man, that just looked like a complete, like, system failure on, uh, on Sunday. It's like, again, I go back to the old 10 a.m. kickoffs. It felt like one of those lethargic, get off the bus, still daydreaming in another, in another uh, time zone. And just, it just didn't seem like one of those inspired performances. And that's what bothers me because I feel like that they're way further along than that and their leadership on the team is way better than that. And I, I, I felt like they were past all that. I don't think that could be an excuse anymore of why the team performs the way that they do and the way that they did. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Um, man, I, I, I don't see the progress. I don't see the leadership. I don't see anything going on from 2000, last season, and then over the, and then the, the change of bringing in, you know, his guys. <laughs> I, I just don't see it. I don't see uh, you know, the, 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 the inspired move, the, the, the everything going on. You know, from, I think Amber, Amber said it very, very clear about the adapt, uh, adapting. You know, Josh McDaniels, when he talked about, I need to open my playbook, I bring my guy in. You know, what I, you know, having uh, Hoyer in, he gets to open the playbook versus uh, having O'Connell in there. If that's his playbook, man, I feel sorry for him because the playbook, all it is a slant. It's just a bunch of slants. You don't see any variation. It's very predictable. I don't know jack about football, and I can call all his plays. I mean, he's running the same damn plays. It is predictable, and it's to the same people. And, you know, yeah, they're going to stack the box. And then also on defense, that dude was – all he was doing is either th- uh, throwing a little pass here and there, uh, you know, the Bears, or he'd roll out, to the, roll out to the right. We never stopped rolling out to the right or just cutting off the, uh, cutting off the tackles. I mean, it looks like, you know, Josh McDaniels is, is taking a very, very determined – I don't want to say ego because I don't know the man, but it just almost seems like he, like he has a bunch of square pegs for players – and he has these round holes, and he's just shoving it and shoving it. As a coach, you need to adapt to the skill level, to the talent of your player. I, I just don't see but it. See, most of the players, yeah. most of the players are the guys that he brought in, though, too. So I wouldn't think that they would be squares in a round hole. I, I agree with you, but I wouldn't think that that would be the case because most of them are guys they brought in, right? It, it, exactly. But, you know, you look at he brought in, you know, let's say Garoppolo. Obviously, that's his guy, but it's not specifically his guy. He's, he's changed since he went over in the 49ers. But you would figure there's some contouring, and I still don't see it. Because look at Garoppolo and look at Oyer. You don't see that much of a play. And then you see, you know, I refuse right now to call this a team. I just think it's a squad. Because it looks like a lot of guys out there, you know, playing on, on you know, individually. Because you look at the throws. They're either behind them to the wrong spot. It just looks like either the receiver's wrong, the quarterback's wrong. The, the timing's wrong, the way the offense or the defensive line, they're one guy's going one direction, or you see players out there. I mean, look at – I mean, Van Roten is probably not the best damn, you know, uh, guard out there, but how many times you see that guy looking like, who's he blocking? They're looking for someone to block, and, and you're, you're that far off? I mean, these guys look like they, they've never played before with each other. And, and th- you know, we're eight weeks going you – know, eight weeks in, they just look totally off, and then we brought in – Everybody's talking about MP, Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters this. He, they brought him in for culture. They brought him in for leadership, to show him how to be a dog, how to be a professional, 
how to play, and he's going out like that. I mean, step up, coach. That's the kind of stuff you you you, you don't want that play because it's contagious. That is contagious. You sit him down. You sit him down. I mean, how would Max out there bleeding and and and, and fighting and grinding? And going out there every play, giving it 110%, and you see somebody else doing like that? I can't remember the cat's name that came over from the from the Seahawks that we got that, that one year that was just running down up and down the long event. All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate you, my man. And, yeah, I, I get I get the gist of it. Uh, Marcus Peters was, was not not looking like he was anything interested in, in participating on Sunday, especially when it came to tackling. Looked like he wanted nothing to do with it, and that's that's not a good that's not a good example of what to do. And guys like Amik don't do that. Guys like Amik go out there and they bring everything that they have every time they're on the field. Obviously, Max does the same. You know, guys like Devon Diablo, who's found, finally found his way onto the field, he brings maximum effort. Uh, Marcus Epps didn't have a good day, but you know he's bringing the effort. Uh, Trayvon Merrick is bringing the effort. I mean, all these guys are making the effort, but you know when you see a defense give up 173 yards on the ground to a backup running back when they have a backup quarterback in there. I mean, look, I thought the game plan would have been to go in there and make that quarterback beat you. Don't let them, because you know that they want to run the rock. You know that that's their focus, but you've got to go in there, stop them from running the ball, and then see what you got. See, see what, if you can force that, that rookie into a mistake. That's what you've got to do, and they weren't able to do that. There was no mistakes had by the Chicago Bears on Sunday, which to me blows my mind saying who was all out there, uh, all the backups that they had and all the questions that they had as far as the offensive line goes. Uh, let's go back out to Henderson real quick. Let's talk to our guy, JT. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Or not. <laughs> All right, we'll get, a, we'll get a text in or two. How about that? Uh, let's see. Only Nation 707 hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. 69187 keyword r I thought Marcus Peters was from the town. Yesterday he was tackling like he was from Danville. That's funny. That's funny only because I know where Danville's at. I don't know. Everyone might not know where Danville's at, but that's funny. That uh, that's, a, that's a hell of a comment right there. I like that. That was funny. All right, let's go back out to Henderson now. Let's talk to JT. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Q? Good, good, good. Hey, I'm fortunate. I'm 68 years old, and I've seen three – Raiders Super Bowl, and also was a kid when they lost to Green Bay. It just is never going to be the same because we got the wrong people in there doing the business for us, and that's all I got to say. I love the Raiders, but we got to do something for Trojan Horse, man. The tuck rules behind this stuff. We don't even need to be dealing with New England, man. But that's all I got to say. I love your show, man. I listen to you guys all day long. And, hey, keep it doing it, man. Keep doing it, bro. All right, good call, good call. Thanks so much. I appreciate you, and I'm glad that you were able to enjoy those three championships. I ain't enjoyed none of them. <laughs> I ain't enjoyed not one. I say it all the time, man. I was seven years old when they got their last one, so you know that I wasn't really doing a whole lot of anything. I was outside trying to be the best I could be, man. I was trying to learn how to catch the ball consistently. I was fast. I just couldn't do too much else. That's why I played on defense. <laughs> that's, that's why I was a defensive guy. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's talk to our, our guy, uh, Tim. Tim, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, Q, like, I'm just going to say this right now is that, to your point, with all this talent, I can't think of a time we had a guy like Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. And the fact is, is I was looking at StatMuse. You know, if you're familiar with that site, yep, yep. we're not even going to be top 25 in all of Raiders offense at 5,000. I think like 5,000 yards is, is going to be our, our average by the end of the season. 
which is which is crazy to me. Um, I just want to say this real quick, Hugh, is that the defense, you know, through four games, they 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 had a passer uh, passing yards under 200 yards against their opponents. So they can't. We can't expect this defense to go in and out every week, especially if the offense isn't putting up points to to do what they got to do. So I just want to throw that out there. It starts with Josh McDaniels. Mark Davis owes this fan base an apology. The fact that this was not a retool. John Gruden had our best offensive passing yard years and points when he was here. Um, Rich, Rich Visashia should have got the job, and Josh McDaniels was, is not the guy. Thanks for taking my call, Q, and uh, go Raiders. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. And, look, I, I'll say this, and I know nobody wants to hear it. I believe fully in my heart that Mark Davis wants nothing than this, but this team to win. Nothing. He tried to assign Gruden to a long-term deal, right, because he wanted to have continuity. He wanted to bring back his guy, right, so he did. Obviously, we all know how that shook out. Then he went and tried to get the guy that many organizations have gone out to try to get that he turned down. The coach of the team right now has turned down many different job offers, going all the way back to Indianapolis. We all know that story. And I'm not saying that just because you turn down the offer means that you're the right guy. Look, obviously time will tell. And what we've seen so far hasn't been good at all. There hasn't been enough winning. I mean, let's just put it, let's just be, let's keep it a buck, right? There hasn't been enough winning. We know that. Okay. So he's trying to do everything he can to put himself in position, this team in position to go out and win, right? He's obviously done a lot of really good things on the business side of things. That's great. And the stadium is amazing. And we'd love to see that team winning consistently in that stadium and going and winning something significant, like a playoff game, like multiple playoff games, like a damn Super Bowl. Hasn't got there yet, but he's already shown, as the Aces have a parade coming up in a couple hours, he's shown the willingness to open up the pocketbook and bring in the person that he wants to bring in to lead that organization, the right person for the job. When he hired Becky Hammond, she was the highest-paid WNBA coach in the league. Now the Phoenix Mercury have followed suit and done the same thing and went and, and, and upped her, and the, the, player, the person that they hired to be their head coach is now the highest-paid coach in the WNBA. But – you get what I'm saying? Like, he's doing everything he can. He's exhausting every effort he can. And I know he's going to get, you know, he's going to get crapped on because this is not working out, clearly. But it's not from lack of effort, right? You can, you can do everything you can to try to, to, try to bring in and, 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 and make your organization what it's supposed to be, what you want it to be, the vision that you have. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And unfortunately, so far through a year and almost a half, it hasn't worked. And that's, that sucks because the ones that suffer the most is not, is not him, it's not the players, it's, it's you, it's Raider Nation, who's rocking every single year, who's flying in from all over to go see their team play, who's traveling to Chicago to go see their team play, who's buying merchandise so they can represent for their, their team while they're playing, right? That's, that's what it's all about, and that's the part that sucks the most. And that's why, that's why we're here, that's why I try to be here to represent for you because I understand the, the frustration. I understand, hell, I've been selling, selling the Raiders as a good organization to my son for 20 years. And he's, he still ain't seen it. He's like, all right, Dad, <laughs> show me. Can't show him. I say it all the time. I tell you all the time. Just like I haven't seen it, right? There's been a couple years that, that they've been in the playoffs since, since their Super Bowl loss, and that's it. There's nothing I can point at and be like, see, that's the consistency I've been talking about. It's not there. It's not there. I don't, and I don't have the answer. I can't put my finger on it and say, okay, this is going to be the one that's going to solve it. I don't know. Right? I mean, everyone wants change, 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 change. All right, who are you changing and who are you putting in? Right? I mean, it's easy to say change, but what's next? Raider Mac, you're up next. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Um, 
I appreciate I, we appreciate you, man. We do. Hey, man, I've been a fan over 40-some years, man. Um, and yesterday, <laughs> I, I, you know, yesterday was just one of those days that, like previous callers have said, I, every time the Raiders is favored or, or something, they're they, they going to lose. Like I told you at the beginning of the season, it's the same Raiders. I don't see no change. And and I gave I gave you and I gave I, you told me give them give them a chance and I, and that's what I've been doing. Well, and I when I call in I don't get upset about losses and wins and stuff because it it, it, it's, it is what's going to be. I'm not playing and nobody else is playing, but I you know I root for my team no matter what. I mean I rooted for a team that was three and fourteen. So I, hey, this, this we've won more games than we did in twenty. Their cars first year, so I'm good. It's not about that. It's how they played yesterday. And here's the thing: you that that that, that Raider Nation is trying to tell Mark Davis. It ain't about it ain't about switching coaches and doing everything. This, he's not. The team is not responding to him. It's and you can go back two years ago when um, um, what's the name from from ESPN came to the facility. Um, uh, what's those guys? I think it's, it was Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark. And then Ryan Clark came, and he told you, and you even mentioned it. He said that the players don't look like they're having fun. And, and it's not about fun because, like, it's like work. Everybody go to work. You're not supposed to have fun at work, but you're supposed to at least, at least have the decency to make the players comfortable. But here's the thing. The biggest thing I saw yesterday, it wasn't about the win or loss. I didn't I, – to me – I expected us to win, but I knew somewhere down it's the Raiders. That's just part of our organization. But the biggest thing was the effort, like you said. The effort wasn't there. And I I, I had to go back to 2014. Even those teams back then when Derek Carr and all those, when we went 3-14, and 14, those teams, I even went back and looked at YouTube and some of those games. Uh, just, you know, because YouTube, they don't have no commercials. And I looked, the team was trying. Yesterday, there was no there was no effort besides a couple of players. Marcus Peters just, he, he just, for some reason, he just checked out. And I think all of that is started with McDaniel. It's like that girlfriend, Mark Davis, I'm, and I leave with this. It's like that girlfriend is pretty. Oh, she's, and, and you, don't, you know it's not right for you, and you need to leave her, but you won't do it because she's so cute. He got all these Super Bowl rings. and I think Oh, so she's Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, I'm, I'm just being honest. Look, look, it's like you got all these shiny Super Bowl rings, but you know why you're not going to cut loose? Why Mark Davis is not going to cut him loose? It's not because of the money. The Raiders are worth $6 billion right now. They, they're one of the top franchises. Since they moved to Vegas, they're one of the top franchise um, size, uh, football team now. But my thing is, it's that pretty girl syndrome. You don't want to leave her because she's pretty, but you know it ain't going to work out at the end. She's not the Marion type. And McDaniels is not the marriage type. You've got to get rid of him. I know you're saying get rid of anybody else is better than him. I'm just telling you from a from – a, not a fan, but from the players. There's rumors all through the NFL about this guy, and that started in Denver. He, he's just not a good coach for a head coach position. And that's just it. It's just the, it's just the thing. Raider Nation, we're going we to – it no matter what, we're going to support our team. That's just, that's just me. I'm going to support my team. But right. Th- th- thank you for the call. And, look, I can't, I'm not going to ever speak for a player. I'm not a player. I, I can't speak for them. 
I just like I would never speak for you, right? I mean, I, I, so I'm not going to say that the players aren't this or the players aren't that because I don't know. I'm only in the locker room after a game for a few minutes, and whatever they tell us is what they tell us. I'm not going to interpret it, and I'm not going to try to try to break it down what they mean by certain things because that's when you start getting in, self, in, in trouble. You start breaking down, and you're breaking it down wrong. You know, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that I can't say that, hey, this is coming from a player's point of view because I'm not a player, and there's not a player sitting next to me that's saying, hey, this is what's going on. James is sitting next to me. James is not a player. Now, he's a player out on the street, but he ain't no player in the league, if you know what I mean. He's, he's got the player cut. He's got the player shades, but he, he's a player player, not an NFL player, if you know what I mean. Let's get one more quick call. Let's go to Australia, my man Cam. Woo, Cam. Cam, what's on your mind? I, uh, I just want to thank you, first of all, for keeping me sane and saving my family. Yesterday, I was told when I watched the replay, because the game was on at 4 o'clock in the morning here, so I couldn't watch it live, so I watched the replay, and I've never been so disappointed. I mean, I've seen some bad games of football from our football club. That was one of the worst, mate. Just, I can't believe there's one thing I ask for. I don't care how good you are. We've had some crap teams, but have some effort. Have a go. Have a red-hot, bloody go. It's not that hard. Secondly, I tell you what, what they need to do is watch some Australian rules football and learn how to tackle. Nice. Hard. Oh, mate, I tell you, I was so disappointed yesterday. You know, we've come out and, you know, it started pretty good. You know, Devontae, first couple of catches. We're getting, you know, first downs. We made the first three downs. I thought, here we go, you beauty. And then the wheels fell off. And they didn't just fall off. The axles came with them and the whole nine yards, mate. So I just want to thank you for taking my call. Have a good day, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Good stuff. Good uh, good call from down under. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about it, man. I can live with a loss. I really can. I just can't. I can't live with bad effort. Bad effort or no effort is what bothers me. And there's a handful of guys that that does not count on that team, and we know who those guys are, the usual suspects, the Maxes, the Devontes, the Josh Jacobs. You know, those guys, you know that they're giving as much effort as possible. But there's a lot I can look around the rest of the squad and be like, yeah, that guy didn't look too, you know, didn't, didn't look too hot. And, again, that, that whole Marcus Peters, Olay play, that ran me hot. That really ran me hot because that's just, that's just not giving a damn. And when you're rocking that number 24 and you're wearing a Raider jersey number 24, the expectations are high as far as I'm concerned. Dang, you got all kind of food you keep rolling out here. She got some garlic fries and you got some wings. Well, how'd you only get five wings? Who was that going to feed? <laughs> Wait, hold on. How the hell are you going to watch the game and have five wings and some fries? Six, sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's my man Jason. I didn't even see the wife snuck in here. Hey, wife. How you doing? She snuck in, making sure I stay on my A game. I need someone to make sure I stay on my A game. As Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio losing his mind right now. <laughs> He's like, if you don't take a break, Q, I'm going to lose my mind on you. So I'm going to go ahead and do that because Ari said so. We are here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. You know we're here till 5 o'clock, Monday night football action. The Diamondbacks are up on the Phillies 3-1 to one in the top of the fourth. This is Ray Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. 
Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. That's what it comes down to, man. Like, it's unfortunate that it's not working out for him there. I get his frustrations. He's a world-class talent. But when you trust organizations like the Raiders with your career, part of that's going to be on you if it doesn't work out because they have let you know for quite some time exactly who they are and exactly what they're about. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Man, Ari, you must be on your job, man. That was Joe Fortenball from Carlin vs. Joe from earlier today. That was earlier today. I was leaving the Intermountain Health Performance Center after talking to head coach Josh McDaniels, and I was heading to the house, and I was tuned in, and I was listening, and I heard that whole conversation between Chris Carlin and Joe Fortenball on ESPN Radio. And, of course, you can hear that on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, as well. And uh, that's what I was listening to, and they were talking about that as the trade deadline gets closer and closer and closer. Of course, everyone on the network is is championing the, hey, you need to trade Devontae, you need to trade Devontae because he's not doing anything with the Raiders. His talent is being wasted. And, you know, I hate to, I hate to even hear that conversation because all of a sudden I think back to, well, the last time the Raiders had a superstar wide receiver, they had Randy Moss, and we all know how that ended. And I would hate to see – anything like that get close to the situation with Devontae Adams. He's too damn good and too damn valuable. And, man, he's, he's, he provides so much juice and excitement to Raider Nation for him being on the squad. I would hate to see him, one, moved on from, like traded, or, two, be unhappy with the team. I would hate that because he's just so stinking good and, uh, and he could provide so much for the silver and black. But that's what that conversation led to. And man, that was good. That was, that was quick thinking and quick work by you, uh, Ari. I didn't even know you were locked in like that, but you, uh, you had it. Off top, so there you go. Good stuff, and a good good way to be on that little soundbite from one Joe Fortenbaugh. We are here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday for Monday Night Football, and as I mentioned while I was listening to ESPN, it was on my way back from the Intermountain Health Performance Center. We had just talked to Coach McDaniels. He met with us around 10.30 this morning. It wasn't really the normal casting characters of people in the media room because a lot of people are still tra- traveling back from, uh, from Chicago. Uh, like Ed Graney, who's going to join us at 4.30. Like Vinny Bonsignor, who's just back in town now. Uh, a couple other guys made their way back. Paul Gutierrez actually took a red eye last night to get back in time. But for the most part, everyone was traveling back. Tashawn Reed, Vic Tafer were tra- traveling back today. But one of the questions I asked Coach McDaniels was about the practice. And, and you know, the way that they went out there and played, it didn't look like they had didn't look like they had that maximum effort that we've been talking about. And sometimes you can see that leading up to the game. Like in practice, you can see that these guys aren't really out there doing what they're supposed to be doing. So you can kind of get that feeling that this could be a bad day to have a bad day. So I asked Coach McDaniels, did he see that coming? Did he feel like he had bad practices leading up to this game? Nothing. And honestly, Q, like I, you know, I felt like we had a good week. I thought we were ready to go. Um, you know, went out there and had the three and out and then drive the ball down the field and have a chance to, you know, take the lead early. And, I, you know, I didn't see anything like that, you know. And we went on Friday and all that stuff. But none, there's none of that stuff an excuse. Um, I think just ultimately the game kind of snowballed on us. And I, I, as I said yesterday, when you lose control of kind of the line of scrimmage slash the score, then, you know, the game always feels like you're playing it backwards or you're chasing and that's basically what yesterday felt like. 
It sure did feel like they were chasing all game, right? That's what it looked like. It's what it felt like that they were just chasing, chasing, chasing and couldn't get right. You know, there was a time when the game was still somewhat close, but still my gut feeling told me this game is a wrap. I remember texting my mom throughout the the game uh, early in the game. I I don't remember what score it was, exactly what the score was at the time, but I said, yeah, this game's in the books. (laughs) Right, and it wasn't, but it just felt like there's no way that they were going to snap out of it. The offense wasn't clicking, and their defense on top of that couldn't stop me or Jared or James or anyone else from running. Like, anyone else could have ran against that Raiders defense yesterday, which was really disappointing. But let's talk about the offense, and let's hear what Coach McDaniels have to say about the offense. Another question I asked him was just about the fact that they have so much talent, and he always says execution and penalties is the reason why the offense isn't going. So I put that in my question. I know execution and penalties plays a role, but how disappointing or surprised are you that this offense is not progressing with all the talent that they have? Paul, I always think we're close. I mean, you know, I watch this in practice very closely, and you see execution, you see good plays, you obviously see a lot of intentions, you know, to do the right thing. I think we have the right mindset. I think we understand what we're trying to get done. Um, I do. You're right. We have a lot of good players. Um, so, I, you know, the, there's a fine line between not doing good enough and really doing well, you know. And sometimes, like I said, it's six plays or seven, whatever it might be, you change the result. And, and the result, I'm not talking about, you know, we break 19 tackles, you know, and score a touchdown. I'm, you know, we finish one block, you know, and then all of a sudden it's a bigger play or, you know, we, we make a, a read or a protection adjustment or what have you, and it changes the result of the play. So, um, no, I don't, you know, this is, this is, you know, football's a mysterious game sometimes, you know, and, I think our players, you know, feel like we can do much better than what we've done. Um, and that's what we got to continue to work towards because I think if we actually achieve that and we get to where we want to be, um, I think that some of these games can feel a little different. You know, every game feels hard right now, you know, whether we win or lose. You know, they're all feeling the same way because we're kind of nip and tuck. It's, you know, right down to the wire or – you know, in yesterday's case, we just, you know, we lose control of it there in the third and fourth quarter. But um, execution is really at the heart of all of, you know, all of anything that's being done well, special teams. You know, we're doing a decent job there, and it's showing, you know. And we've done some good things defensively. We just, you know, we're going to need to keep pushing offensively to try to find that place where we feel like we can get to. So there you go. That was not the soundbite that I thought it was, but that's okay. <laughs> that was a, a question that Paul Gutierrez asked. It wasn't the same one that I was trying to reference, but somehow, some way, it got a little uh, cross-wired, and that's okay. It happens sometimes, so we just deal with it. But you heard a very lengthy explanation right there from Coach McDaniels about the offense and the struggles that the offense has had. So uh, the final soundbite that I want you to hear from Coach McDaniels and what we had to uh, ask him and what he had to say earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center was the 173 yards that the Raiders' defense gave up on the ground. And that was one of the emphasis. All week long we talked about one of the biggest keys was you've got to stop the run. The Bears want to run the ball. They're going to do everything in their power to run the ball. So with that being said, knowing that going into the game, why was it such a struggle for the Raiders' defense to be able to stop the run? And how surprised was he that they weren't able to do it? I didn't, you know, I don't think we tackled well. I mean, that's not a mystery. Um, You know, gave up too many yards after we had an opportunity to contact the runner. Um, so we're going, you know, we're going to need to work on that and try to shore that up. Um, yeah, they, you know, I give credit to them. They did a good job. They had a couple unique ways to try to uh, create space and separate the defense a little bit. 
Um, we just, you know, we're going to need to, we're going to need to play, uh, the run. Like we, like I said, we had been, I mean, you had mentioned that we had we'd been making some progress there. Um, you know, but just yesterday was, was clearly not our best, you know, and, um, there's going to be some things that we can see today that, that will help us. There's Coach McDaniels talking about the, the defense, the, the fact that they were able to run all over the Raiders' defense, and you knew going into the game that's exactly what they were going to try to do. That was the game plan. Run, 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 try to run some more, and, uh, you know, and, and build off of that. And so that's what they were able to get accomplished, and it really made an easy day at the office for the Bears against the Silver and Black. Let's go out to Russell. Russell, right here in Las Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Uh, uh, as a former professional athlete myself, um, I, I don't like the public criticism. Uh, being a player, my family hears it, my friends hear it. Uh, that kind of stuff does get back to you, no matter what the athletes say. It does get back to you. Okay. And, and it's a donkey punch. It hurts. It hurts. Secondly, when the media is addressing the coaching staff and or the players post-game, can you ask direct questions? Like, can you go back to the coach and say, okay, you guys had a terrible uh, run defense. You had terrible run defense. So Monday or Tuesday, what time do you guys start doing tackling drills? Full pads. What time does that start? Ask them specifically. The last two years you guys have been in town here in Vegas, I've heard this, these, all these passive questions. Like, you guys are afraid to get kicked out of the press conference. And to me, it's unacceptable. You need to put these guys on the paper and say, listen, this is what we're going to do. Great. Wait, hold on, Russell. Hold on. Hold on. I got a question for you. You just said that hearing public criticism is, is, is hurtful. And then you said you want us to take the coach to task. So which one is it? It's both. Okay. It's actually, it's it's actually both. both. I got it, you. It, it, hurts. It, hurts. it hurts the professional athlete. But at the same time, the media is not holding the coaching staff or people responsible for this. Got you. And, I try, and listen, I try. I try I'm three and four on the season. Okay, I got you. Uh, so you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, I understand so you loud and clear. Right? I'm. You're saying that I am not doing my job well enough, and so that's the reason why the team is three and four. I got it. I, I, I'm. I'm on board with you, brother. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you didn't ask those point direct questions. Okay. And for the last in the last couple of years here in Vegas, I've sat there and listened to the media's questions, and they're just so blase. How do you feel when you did this? How do you feel when you did that? No. I want to know exactly what you're going to do next week to correct the problem. Okay. I, I specifically asked the coach, why did they allow 173 yards on the ground when they knew that's what, exactly what the Bears were going to try to do? And he gave me the answer. What more do you want me to say? How are you going to come, combat that next week? Are you going to perform? He said he answered that, Russell. Did you not hear his question? He said we're going to work on that today. Did you not hear him listen or did you just tune him out? No, I, I heard what he said, but he was Okay, kind of well, then you answered your own that. question. This is also reading and listening comprehension. Well, I got you there. I got you there. Okay. So I took away from that. Thank you for the call, Russell. Take that from don't say anything negative about a player and make sure that I ask every question that you want me to ask. So I got you. Cool. No problem. I'll do that. Speaking to speaking to players and, and, and Coach 101 from Russell, the professional athlete here in Vegas, has been listening to us for the last two years. Well, I'm, I'm glad I didn't mention you, Russell, because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. 
I haven't mentioned you in two years. I know that's for sure. Robert in San Jose, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hit me with a good one, please. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call, Q. Yeah, no problem. Uh, <clears throat> again, we talked about this before. The Raiders haven't drafted well for 20 years. I don't know what exactly we are all expecting. It doesn't matter how good your skill position players are in terms of the quarterback, wide receivers, running back, if your offensive line and your defensive line aren't up to snuff. Our defensive tackles have had trouble run, stopping the run all year. We know that. They're not, mm-hmm. We have a bunch of guys out there. They're not good enough. We're going to have to draft better. Hopefully Dave Ziegler will do that. The thing that, that I guess disappoints me in regards to Coach McDaniels is he seems intent on just running his system and not adjusting to what he has right now. He sees intent on just trying to get uh, Jacobs unlocked between the tackles. We don't have those guys. Adjust your game plan. Uh, to get beat by a guy from the Colorado College of the Mines, and the only reason I knew where that college was because a family friend's son went there and got an engineering degree. And I'm watching the game yesterday. I'm like, we were getting beat by an engineering student, <laughs> a Division two engineering student. Right. How can Chicago's coach, and I don't even know his name, get this guy ready? But Aiden O'Connell, who played in the Big Ten, played in big games, and yet he's not ready? As far as I'm concerned, Josh McDaniels is going to be judged by me on Aiden O'Connell's progress. We know Jimmy Garoppolo is who he is. We know Brian Hoyer is who he is. How does Aiden O'Connell develop the rest of this season? I don't, want, I don't care if Jimmy Garoppolo's 100%. There should be no one but Aiden O'Connell out there, and let's see what we have. Do we have a prospect we can move forward with, or are we looking for a quarterback? But I'm hoping Dave Ziegler obviously knows draft picks on the offensive line and defensive line are what's needed, yeah. and hopefully he will draft well in the future. All right, sounds good, man. Good call. And, yeah, I agree. The offensive line has to be upgraded. It has to be. Defensive line continues to have to be upgraded. And they added a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, people on that defensive line. They added a lot of capital and in, in invested a lot of capital into that defensive line. And, obviously, there's a lot of young guys still, and they have time to prove themselves. But, you know, even going back to last year, the two guys that they went and got, you know, uh, uh, what was it, Neil Farrell Jr., he's in Kansas City now, and Matthew Butler's on IR. Or on the practice squad. Yeah, he's on practice squad. So, I mean, there's that. You know, it's just like there's been a lot of investment on the defensive line, and it hasn't really paid off. And then there's the offensive line has been a question, especially at that right tackle spot for a very, very long time. So, yeah, that's got to be addressed. And the big elephant in the room is who's going to be your quarterback. You know, Jimmy G, they say he sounds like he's going to come back on Monday. That was according to reports, not Coach McDaniels. But if he does, he does. But I, I'm with you, I think, at some point this season, Robert. There's got to be a good four, five, six-game stretch where it's the Aiden O'Connell show and see what you got. I mean, you have to at some point do that. These next five games are going to be tough ones, though, that's for sure. 3.47 is the time. Appreciate all the calls. Appreciate all the texts. We're at the Oyo, the hotel and casino underground lounge. We're here every Monday night with Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. 
The Diamondbacks are up on the Phillies right now, 4-1, to one, top of the fifth. They got a couple runners on. Again, this is game six in the NLCS. I woke up thinking it was game seven, but that's okay. That's what happens. <laughs> so it's a good place to watch the games, though. Any of the games, any of the action that you want to see, you can see right here in the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, wall-to-wall TVs. And, of course, Monday Night Football is going to be on later on this evening, the 49ers and the Vikings. And, oh, by the way, there's a Las Vegas Aces championship parade going to be happening in a little while as well. As that all gets started at 5 o'clock, I've already seen a lot of people make their way towards the strip where it's going to take place and Toshiba Plaza where it's going to end up. And so there's going to be a lot of uh, excitement here in Las Vegas. So let's go out to the phone lines as we've been getting a lot of calls today from Raider Nation, who's uh, obviously pretty frustrated by the Raiders' 30-12 to loss to the Chicago Bears, dropping their overall record on the season to 3-4. and four. Let's talk to John and OC. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, John? Hey, what's going on, Q? How you doing? I'm blessed, man. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Man, I'm going to be honest. I ain't even watched the game. I, I <laughs> hopped on, watched the, uh, watched, took a look at the score, saw it, double-checked, chuckled, and went on about my day. Um, I mean, at this point, it is what it is. You know, we, we kind of fell for the banana in the tailpipe with me, Daddy. Uh, I'm not going to say he's not a good play caller. He's just not a good leader. Um, they don't rally behind him. The, the, the players don't rally around him. It's just the body language is off all of it. Um, and the fact that he said that he thought that they practiced well and everything was good and we got both race like that, yeah, man. I mean, his numbers, your number says what you are. And he came, he came in with a bad coaching record from Denver, and he, he hasn't learned anything. Um Probably time for him to go, but I'm pretty sure they're going to give him another year to get some more AKA of his guys in, which is year two. He should have his people in, but it ain't panning out. You know, you got Marcus Peters here in there missing tackles and doing whatever he's doing. And it's like, these are your guys. Well, well you know, what What else do you want? What else do you want the fan base to do other than call for your job with, with all this crap being on the field? Um, at this point, I would almost say if you're going to trade Renfro, heck, trade him to Denver to try to get Stidham back. Get some type of quarterback <laughs> play that can move the ball down, build something. Because Poyer uh, and Jimmy G not being healthy ain't beat it. Right. Good stuff. Good ju- stuff, John. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And, yeah, you didn't miss a whole lot, man. Watching that game, you didn't miss a whole lot. Obviously, you missed a little bit of the details here and there, but – uh, it was a bad day to have a bad day. That's what the Raiders did. They went out and had a bad day, unfortunately, against a team that they probably shouldn't have had a bad day uh, against. But, you know, there's still a lot of the season left. I don't want to act like the season's over and done with, but it just feels like a major setback when you see them lose the way that they lost to Chicago, knowing the next few games that they have coming up are not going to be easy games. And no game's easy in the NFL, don't get me wrong, but you got the Lions on Monday Night Football. Then you got the Giants, followed by the Jets, followed by the Dolphins, followed by the Chiefs, right? I mean, that's... That's a murderer's row for the next five games. And I know you can look at the Giants and say, yeah, their record's not very good, and the Jets are led by, by uh, Zach Allen, uh, or, yeah, Zach Wilson, excuse me, but they, they still have a hell of a defense. They can get it done, and the Giants are playing tough as well. So uh, the next five games, man, are really going to be uh, – it's going to tell you a whole lot. If you haven't already learned about this team, it's going to tell you a whole lot what they do the next five games. Poncho, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. It's a huge step back, Q. Raiders are officially the get-right team. They are inconsistent on all levels. It's frustrating. As far as what I want to see is Aiden O'Connell to play the rest of the season. If we lose out, at least we know what we need come draft day. I'm done with Jimmy. I'm done with Hoyer. That's from Poncho. And at some point, Poncho, thanks for the text, 
at some point, I'm sure that it's going to be the Aiden O'Connell show, right? I don't know exactly when, but I'm sure at some point it, it will be. Uh, you know, I don't know if that would be as early as this upcoming Monday if Jimmy's healthy. I think if Jimmy's healthy, they're still going to let him go. But at some point, they'll probably say if things don't go right, and again, that's if they don't go right in the next few games, they'll probably say, all right, it's that time to see exactly what uh, the rookie can do. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. 3.56 at the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Kick off hour number three of the show. Trey Wingo. He'll join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.